Hello, welcome to the Thursday, November 17th, 2016 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Yesterday, Brad shared one of the latest ransomware attacks that he has seen in his environment. In this case, it was the Trolldash ransomware that was delivered via malicious spam. The spam itself was in Russian, so mostly targeting Russian users, of course, claiming to come from a Russian bank. The URL in the email looked legit, but then, of course, when you clicked on it, you ended up somewhere else and you ended up downloading a screensaver file that was zipped. If you unzipped it, then you got infected with this Trolldash ransomware that, of course, as typical for ransomware, encrypted your files. As typical for Brad, he's sharing his uh, indicators of compromise and uh, files with traffic captures and also uh, the malware itself. For a while now, it has been known that a locked but unattended laptop can potentially be compromised by plugging it into a USB Ethernet adapter. What's happening is that once you plug in the USB Ethernet adapter, of course, with a network connection, then the laptop will reach out via DHCP typically to then look for an IP address and it will start sending traffic out of that USB. USB connection. And since modern systems continuously do access various websites and the like, for example, to check for updates, that can be used by an attacker to inject malicious content. There hasn't really been an easy-to-use simple exploit for that. Of course, it has also been exploited over Wi-Fi connections, but there is now a new little tool called Poison tap that implements all of this in a little Raspberry Pi Zero. So all you need to do is install the software, plug in a laptop, and you may or may not get access to things like cookies and the like that will authenticate the user. There are sort of two sides to defend against this. First of all, on the web server side, if you're a website and you're concerned about your users, make sure you only allow HTTPS and you only allow cookies with the secure flag set. Uh, that will mitigate some of the problems here. On the users, on the client side, of course, you want to prevent USB adapters from being automatically recognized and configured in this way. As an added kind of bonus to make the attack more persistent and more complete, it will also cache various malicious web pages within the client. So if the user later opens up the laptop and tries to go to any of those sites, the user will be confronted with the malicious content. So in short, not really a fundamentally new attack, but certainly something that makes this particular vulnerability easier to exploit. And of course, other ports uh, like, for example, Thunderbolt or Firewire that can be used in order to connect to Ethernet are as vulnerable as USB in this case. 
And then we got a couple of updates. First of all, Symantec has an update for its Ghost Solution Suite and Symantec Endpoint Virtualization, as well as for its IT Management Suites. All of uh, these uh, three tools suffer from a DLL loading issue. Very old problem. You have seen this for years now, where it's possible for an attacker to trick a user into starting the tool from an untrusted location and then including various malicious DLLs. And VMware released an update for Workstation and Fusion. Uh, the vulnerability being addressed with this update does allow for virtual machine escape. So in particular important, if you're relying on virtual machines for malware analysis and the like, that could potentially be abused in order for malware to break out virtual machine and escape to the host. And some Android devices that used uh, firmware from Janice company AdUps uh, were found to send complete text messages, contact information, phone numbers, and more back to a server that is operated by AdUps. Now, AdUps just makes the firmware for these phones, so it's a little bit difficult to figure out which phones are affected or not. Huawei and uh, CTE are apparently affected uh, by this. The phones are in part sold in the US uh, via Amazon and uh, Best Buy, but also uh, shipped uh, directly. The press release does list a number of servers to which the data is being sent, so it shouldn't be too hard for you to figure out whether or not any phones in your network are affected. All of these servers have the same IP address, and you can find more details via the link in the show notes. Well, this is it for today. I'm using a little bit of different way to produce the podcast today. So I hope audio quality will be a little bit better. Let me know if it's better or worse. And if you happen to live in Jacksonville, I'll be speaking at the IEC Square meeting today at noon. So if you are in the area, stop by. Again, there's a link in the show notes for details. Thanks and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.